Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with His Word, and more in love with people. By the way, I would encourage you to practice now. Because one day you're going to sing. You say, well, I don't have a good voice. Guess what? Best to get some practice in down here. That way when we're up there, we're making a beautiful noise. Amen? So... <laughs> I look around sometimes and I wonder, man, if we're singing about praise the Lord, our God. Man, we ought to be excited to sing to our Lord. Amen? If you have your Bible this morning, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. By the way, Travis mentioned our kids are going away to kids camp. If you see somebody running around with the prayer bracelets, they may have already been all taken. I'm not sure, have they? All gone. But guess what? You can continue to pray for our kids and our counselors. As I said in our Bible study hour, uh, the kids are the same age, the counselors are not. The counselors seem to keep getting a little more seasoned. That's a good way of putting it. A good way of putting it. So pray for our kids and uh, our counselors as well. And uh, I know that'll be a blessing. This morning I want to speak to you on, uh, I want to ask a question, do you ever feel like giving up? I had a different title, but the pastor, Herb Kuntz, paid me a visit, and uh, he gave me some good advice, and so I changed the title to a question to make you think. Uh, instead of simply just saying, don't give up, have you ever felt like giving up? I think we've all been there. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel, whatever? Well, let's go to the Lord and see what he has to say. Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40. And this morning, I want us to pick up reading beginning in verse number 25. Verse number 25. Great. By the way, this is a great passage of Scripture, but I encourage you to read uh, all of your Bible, not just this, these verses right here. But look what verse 25 and following says. It says, To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? God speaking. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them by all names, by the greatness of his might, for that he, watch it, he is what? Strong. He's strong in power, not one that faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, I love when Scripture says but, because every time Scripture says but, you can bet something good is about to happen. Notice what it says. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They shall not be weary, and they shall walk 
and not faint. Man, I'll tell you what, I get excited. We could just end right now. Now, don't, don't even try it. I know some of y'all say, yeah, we could end right now. We could, we could beat everyone. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the reminder that you are strong. You have all power. You have all authority. Lord, we thank you that you don't faint, that you don't falter, that you're not weary as we get weary. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you with our petitions and our, our requests. God, with thanksgiving, knowing that you'll hear and you'll answer according to your divine will. And so, Lord, today I ask that you would flow through me, that you would give me wisdom of thought, wisdom of speech as I communicate your message today, for it is truly yours, not mine. Lord, I pray that your word would fall upon the good soil of the heart. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody in this room or somebody watching online that has never entered into a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, your son, Lord, that you would open up the eyes of their understanding, that your word would fall upon the heart, that they would, would understand your calling in their life, then they would call out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sin. Lord, I pray that you be with us, meet with us, in a very real way today, God, and when we go from this place, may we be better equipped to serve you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, not only loving you, but loving others as ourselves. God, we love you. We pray that you'll have your will in your way, as always you do, and we ask this in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake, amen and amen. Well, one of the great men of biblical history is the prophet Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, if you notice here in Scripture, he served God and he ultimately, he ministered to people uh, in the nation of Israel in a time when they were suffering from spiritual decay. Does that sound familiar? America? They, they were suffering spiritual decay, but they were not only suffering that spiritual decay from within, but they were facing strategic invasions from outside. And so uh, Isaiah, he saw the coming of the fierce Babylonian enemy. He saw their armies coming. And he realized and knew that they would destroy Jerusalem. He understood that they were going to take the people captive. He knew that the nation would be left in ruins. However, in the midst of all of this disorder and all of this discouragement, Isaiah, he actually receives a much-needed message for his time and for the time of his people. And if we were to do a review of the book of Isaiah, we would find really two major themes, two major sections. In the first, and I would encourage you to read the book of Isaiah, in the first 39 chapters, you're actually going to be able to see the sovereignty of God. And you're going to see God sitting on his throne and in the last, beginning here in verse 40 and following, you're going to actually see the Savior God. Not only is He sovereign, but you see that He is also Savior. And uh, He is putting in, put into a place of suffering, if you will, for you and for me and many others. And so, prime example of the sovereign God versus the Savior God is if you look in Isaiah chapter 6, you remember Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up, Right? In Isaiah 53, we get a different perspective. So we see the sovereign God in Isaiah chapter 6. And when we get to Isaiah chapter 53, we see the Savior God who is wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. But as we begin, look at verse 40. As we begin here in Isaiah chapter 40, 
Verse 1 opens up with two words that I think is important for us to take note of this morning. See, the transition is made right here in verse number 1 with the very first two words, and it says, Comfort ye, which no doubt sets the mood from Isaiah chapter 40 on through the book of Isaiah. And so what we see is that this final section is a message from God. It's a message of comfort, it's a message of encouragement, and it's a message of hope, quite honestly. I think about today as we continue, I was talking with Pastor Herb the other day, as we continue our transitory, I wrote that in my notes, transitory journey. You all understand that we are just passing through, don't you? Does everybody come to the realization that this life will soon be o'er? Do you realize that only what's done for Christ will last? If you want to build something, sir, if you want to build something, man, man, why don't you just keep building on Jesus Christ, amen? As we continue our transitory journey through this physical aspect of life, I'm going to be real honest, and I think if you're honest with God, you would say life can be disappointing at times. Anybody? Anybody ever been discouraged? <laughs> I wonder if there's anybody in our midst or watching online who's ever struggled with depression. You see, life is hard. And as we look around and we see all that's taking place, it's easy to become disappointed, discouraged, and even depressed if we're not careful. Like Israel, we too are suffering from spiritual decay. We too are suffering strategic invasions from every side of our being. Listen, we hear wars and rumors of wars. Listen, can I just be honest with you? Wars are exhausting. Wars are exhausting. You say, well, what do you know about war? I don't know. Why don't we call the people of Ukraine and even the people who are really not for this invasion from the people of Russia and see how they feel? The economic uncertainty of the day. Anybody been affected by that? I think so. Violence in our streets. Yet again, a July 4th parade. Got a young man dressing up as a woman and going and shooting people in this parade, and not only was there incident in Illinois, there's incidents all over this country. Can I tell you that this country is fractured like never before, and the reason this country is fractured is not because of politics or any other reason. The reason this country is fractured is because this country has gotten away from Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm just going to be honest. That's the reason we're fractured. But see, a lot of times we don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, so we don't talk about it. Instead, we sit around and we watch what's taking place. Our own battles with sin. By the way, sin is real and it's dangerous. Dealing with the daily combat zone of our culture. Have you ever tried to live a godly life in a crooked and perverse nation such as we live in? It can be difficult with everybody pressing in on you to live for God. Truly, there are times when life becomes or feels... Anybody ever felt like life has become difficult? Truly life becomes difficult. And when that happens, our natural response is to feel like giving up or to throw in the towel. And because the forecast seems so gloomy, by the way, turn off the news. Do yourself a favor. Turn off whatever that channel is that continually runs the stock market numbers. By the way, if your hope is in the stock market, stock, whoa, stock market, whatever. 
Lord, help me. <laughs> if your hope is in the stock market, I got news for you. You're placing it in the wrong place. Because guess what I know? There's coming a day when the Lord's going to call me home. And it don't matter how much I got or how little I got in that bank account. Because guess what? There are no Walmarts in heaven. I'm not going to need currency or Bitcoin or whatever else is there coming up with now. Listen, we got to quit placing our trust in things that are temporal. I'll get there in a minute. Sometimes the forecast is so gloomy, we walk around carrying our proverbial umbrella waiting for the next hailstorm to hit. Instead of trusting God, we're always waiting and wondering what's going to happen next, the next storm that's coming. And instead of facing each new day with excitement about what God has done or what God might do, we actually surrender ourselves to this mindset of defeat. And that's not what God wants for us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. He does not want us to give in. He does not want us to give up. He does not want us to throw in the proverbial towel. He has a message for us. By the way, what happens is when we feel like giving in, here's what we do. We give in to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And sometimes what we do is we turn to substitute remedies. We figure out, well, I got a plan, God. I'm going to turn to drugs. I'm going to turn to alcohols. I'm going to turn to appropriate entertainment or even worse. Only discover that none of those things will ever deliver us. None of those things will ever carry us through to Jesus. But God has a message. And I'm happy to tell you that his message is the same as it was before. It's a message of comfort. Amen? It's a message of encouragement. It's a message of hope, if you please. And we find it here in Scripture. I think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. You know, people were trying to figure out their way to get to heaven. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, Jesus was saying, stop trying to figure it out on your own because I've already figured it out and I've already taken care of it. I've already done everything. I've already got a plan. And what you need to know is that I am Jesus. I am the Son of God, and you need to put your faith in me. That's what he was saying. He says, listen, quit trying to figure everything out. Can I tell you, you and I will never figure everything out this side of glory. And guess what? When I get on that side, I'm not going to care. Can you imagine? I don't know about you. Have you ever done this? Have you ever just, you know, we like to daydream. Anybody daydream? You ever daydreamed about what it's going to be like when you see Jesus? Have you ever gone to bed and say, Jesus, could I have a dream of heaven instead of all these other things that I'm dreaming about? Man, oh, what a day that's going to be. When my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and he takes me by the hand and he leads me through the promised land. Oh, what a day that's going to be. And I don't know if you don't get excited, but I'm getting real excited about it. I just assume he'd take me right now. And if I fall over today right here while I'm preaching this message, that'd be just good and dandy with me because guess what? I'd be with my Savior. And let me tell you, as I've told my wife many times, don't shed a tear. Because I'm going to get carried away when I get carried away. You'll figure that out later when you think about it. In other words, I'm going to have a party. Jesus says, stop trying to figure everything out. Forgiveness has already been purchased for those who believe. 
It's already been given and granted. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, uh, to give you an expected end. He already has a plan. He already has a purpose for every life. And as believers who have been born again, 1 Peter 1, 23 says, As believers who have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Listen, our faith is rooted in Jesus based on the word of God. And guess what? The word of God is never going to come to an end. You can burn all the Bibles you want. It doesn't do any difference. His word will live and abide forever. Jeremiah, well, I think about uh, uh, Philippians 1, 6. says, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 31, 25. The Lord refreshes us by saying, I will satisfy the thirsty person and feed all those who are weak. Are you thirsty this morning? I get thirsty quite often. I'm not talking just physically because my wife would be one that would give you testimony that says she doesn't think I drink enough fluids. Let, uh, let me correct that. She doesn't think I drink enough water. Have you ever been weak? Have you ever felt weak physically and spiritually at the same time? God's message is still the same. And his message is, listen, you may feel like giving up, but don't you do it. Don't give up. I think about W.E. Dow. W.E. Dow, one of the founders of the Baptist Bible Fellowship. Here's what he said. He said, God has ways and means of doing things that you and I know nothing about. And when you and I are right with God, he does them. That's good advice. God has ways and means of doing things that you and I can't even comprehend. But when you and I get right with God, then God shows up and he does what he does. That's good advice. Reminds me that supernatural help is available all the time. We just need to go to the right power source. There's difficult hours and seasons of life. I think about our dear friend and fellow pastor, Amosville Baptist Church, just lost his wife. A few weeks ago, I imagine he needs this message today to encourage his heart. Three little children. I can't even begin to imagine. Some of you have experienced that. I can imagine how it feels to be a child and lose a parent because that happened to me. But I can't imagine being a pastor and having three little children and then my wife passing away. There are difficult hours and seasons of life. They're going to come. And if we're not careful, there'll be seasons and difficult times when you and I feel like giving up. But Isaiah chapter 40 offers us a recipe for recovery and, and renewal, and on and on, so to speak. And so look with me. I want you to look at verse number 29, because verse 29 begins by showing us that God actually gives power to us when you and I are feeling faint, when you and I feel like giving up. See, we tend to faint when we're faced with afflictions. We tend to feel faint when we're faced with afflictions, when deliverance doesn't immediately come. Maybe you're facing some financial difficulty, some physical difficulty, some other spiritual difficulty in your life. And when deliverance doesn't come immediately, you know what we do? We pull out the white flag and we throw it in and say, I surrender, I give up. And we put up the umbrella saying, what's the next storm that I'm going to have to face? 
when it doesn't feel like our prayers have been answered, we feel faint or give up. When God's promises don't come at exactly, watch this, air quotes, the right time according to us. By the way, our timing is not God's timing. Let's be honest. There have been times when we've all felt like giving up. But I was thinking about the Apostle Paul this week. You know, Paul, he learned. He learned that God's strength was actually made perfect in his own weakness. We find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 9. But here's what he goes on. He, knowing that God's strength is made perfect in his weakness, he goes on in verse number 10 and he celebrates in verse 10 saying, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong that's crazy talk and yet that's what scripture tells us why could Paul say when I'm weak then I'm strong because he understood that God's strength that God's power was greater than his could ever be and I'm afraid sometimes we forget that sometimes as men and women we think man I'm strong I'm virile I'm ready to go I can go into battle I can do battle listen you're no match for the devil I don't care how good looking you are, how strong you are, how much money you are, how much money you have or how much you serve. You are no match, sir. You are no match, ma'am, for the devil. The devil walks about seeking whom he may destroy. In our text, look at verse number 27, actually. Go back to verse 27 because you can actually see Isaiah's discouragement here in verse 27. You see, number one, he felt deserted by God. Look at the phrase, my way is hid from the Lord. He says, my way is hid from the Lord. I don't know. Have you ever felt deserted? You ever felt like God deserted you? You say, well, no, I've never done that, brother. I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I bet you you have. Because the more I live and the longer I live and the more people I counsel with, I hear it over and over again. I just didn't feel like God heard me. I just didn't feel like God was interested in what was going on in my life. I.e., I felt deserted. This was part of Isaiah's discouragement and disappointment. Notice the second one there in verse 27. There was no divine response. Isaiah says, listen, my judgment is passed over from my God. But if you go on to verse 30, look at verse 30, because verse 30 reminds us that time and chance happen to all. So no matter how young you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how talented you may be, or maybe you're in the so-called prime of your life, and when I'm saying life, I'm speaking your spiritual life. Maybe everything's riding high. I can tell you that without the sustaining power and strength of God, you will faint. Without God sustaining you and infusing you with His strength, you will faint and you will become weary. You say, how do you know that? Because I've been there, done that, and could write a book about it. But look at this beautiful verse in verse 31. Because God has a remedy saying, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. That word wait actually here in verse number 31 means to expect or to rely upon. So let me ask you a question. Are you relying on the Lord this morning? Hold on, let me ask again. Are you relying on the Lord this morning? And you may not have to answer verbally, but you already know the answer in your heart of hearts. You already know if you're relying on yourself or whether you're relying on the Lord. See, does, is your reliance on God? Are you expecting God to do big things in your life? 
Do you believe that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us? You either believe that or you don't. And I would suggest, I would suggest that chances are if your reliance and your expectation is not in him, you're going to always struggle with feeling faint. You're always going to struggle with feeling weary at times. And so what do we do? Well, we go to the Word. We go to God. And in verse 31, here's a few thoughts that I think will be encouragement to all of us today. Because in verse 31, number one, God promises to help us fly. I know some of you say, I don't fly, brother. I'm not leaving this country. I'm not getting on a jet airplane. I don't fly anywhere. I got news for you. You better start to like flying because one day you're going to be caught up in the clouds with no parachute. <laughs> You'll get that later too. <laughs> Verse 31 says, They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You see, it's been my experience in life that there are some times when the only answer is to fly. The only answer is to fly, to rise above. Rise above the problems and all the sin and all the discouragement of life. There's somebody around every corner waiting to knock you the heck out. And if you don't believe me, just go out here without Jesus and find out. Because they're ready to bring you down. They're ready to steal your joy. They're ready to talk about this, that, and the other. But I can tell you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? I can assure you, though, that we don't fly on our own. We don't fly spiritually on our own. It's only our Lord that enables us to mount up with wings as eagles. But sadly, many times, the reality is instead of relying on God to carry us up and move us beyond the storms of life, what we do, what we prefer, is to get down and crawl in the mud of sin, in the mud, in the muck of life. And we say, it's okay, God, I like it down here. It's safe. I don't have to fear falling. When this happens, I can tell you that your perspective and my perspective is out of whack. You see, because God sees things from a very different perspective. As we know, His ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and our ways. And God wants to give us a different view, a different perspective of things. And He wants us to wait on Him. He wants it. He wants you and I to rely on Him. He wants you and I to expect Him to do what only He can do. Because guess what? His power never fails. He never gets weary. Only you and I get weary. Only you and I faint. God wants us to grasp a greater perspective of this life. Did you know that eagles fly at super high altitudes? Just some fun facts about eagles. Did you know that they fly at super high altitudes over 10,000 feet in the air? Do you know that if you go skydiving, they'll take you up at about 10,000 feet in the air and let you skydive? You want to feel like an eagle? Go skydiving. <laughs> Mark, no, we're not doing that. Eagles have accurate vision and concentration. They're laser focused and can detect and evade dangerous situations. By the way, it's also been said that because they are laser focused and they have great concentration, they don't eat dead things. You say, ooh, that's kind of vulgar. Yeah, they don't, they're prey. They don't, they don't prey on animals that have been hit on the side of the road. You see vultures doing that. 
Eagles don't mess with that. By the way, eagles don't fly around with vultures. That's a sidebar message. That's not even up there, but anyway. They don't hang out with vultures. Well, pastor, I'm just doing it because I'm trying to love them like Jesus. No, Jesus called them out. He didn't just go hang out so he could be like them and be with them. He called them out. Anyway, that's a different message. Eagles also love storms. Who here likes storms? You like to sleep in a storm, maybe. That's about all you like about a storm. Like, oh, man, I get some, I get some of my best sleep. Like the past couple days when it was raining, I really slept well, right? No, eagles, they love storms because here's what they do. They actually use the wind. They use the currents and the air current to lift them higher so that they can climb, watch it, above the storms. They're like, guess what? I'm not messing with those storms down there. I'm just going to be up here sailing around. And by the way, since they have the ability to fly so high, they exert very little effort, which means they don't have to rest very often. They just fly up. No fainting, no weariness. Oh, man, what about an eagle? Eagles also are masters of change. Do you know that uh, the mother eagle actually builds a nest? I don't know what Papa Eagle is doing, but uh, Mother Eagle's building that. I don't know if he's out working a day job or what his deal is. Maybe, maybe he's out hunting. I don't know. He's hunting and fishing. All right, I want to give it, cut him some slack. But the Mother Eagle, she builds her nest and when, uh, uh, to, for her eggs. And, and uh, once the eaglets, eaglets are born, uh, here's what she does. She starts to pull away the comfort portions of the nest the grass and all the soft cushiony parts she starts to pull that away revealing the sticks in the and the and the pricks and the holes of the nest she starts to pull that away and guess what happens for the little eaglets it becomes very uncomfortable and so they start to move and so guess what the mother does this is tough love at its best she grabs them and she drops them out of the nest fly <laughs> mother brings them back like, man, I'd love to see this in action, right? She drops them out of the nest. And when they can't fly, she brings them back in. Then she drops them out of the nest, brings them back in, drops them out of the nest, keeps dropping her babies out of the nest. Why? Because eagles are masters of change. They learn to adapt. As believers, we ought to learn to adapt and to walk with Jesus in a perverse and a crooked world. Eagles, also their rebirth involves death of its old self. That seems kind of familiar, doesn't it? Did you know that eagles actually, they actually whip their bodies against the rocks that they most of the time, you'll find eagles sitting on high cliffs and rocks. They actually whip their bodies against the rocks. Why? So they can pluck out their feathers, so their feathers fall off. There also comes a process in an eagle's life where they either must choose to die or they must choose rebirth. And this rebirth, if it, if it sounds interesting to you, they actually pull their beak out. They bounce their beak out and the beak has to grow back. It's all a part of the rebirth process. By the way, it's about a five-month process. Eagles. I say this. God says, mount up with wings. As eagles, oh my friends, don't give up. Because God, with God, we can mount up with wings as eagles. I just want to encourage and challenge you never to root for the eagles. Sorry, I had to get it in there. I had to get it in there. 
Do you know the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Watch this. It tells us in chapter 4, verse 17, for our light. See, when you feel like giving up, remind yourself what God has to say about the afflictions that you're facing. Remind yourself of what God sees and what God's plan is all about. Because it says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Look at verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Folks, there's reasons why things happen in our life that you and I will never understand. I don't care how much encouragement you give somebody. They're never going to understand why they lost a child. They're never going to understand why their wife or their husband was taken so young. They're never going to understand why certain disasters take place in this world when we look around and we see children being shot in Uvalde, Texas. I'm never going to understand that. But here's what Scripture says. See, I have to encourage myself in the Lord. Because if I look around, there's not much encouragement elsewhere. But Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8, in verse number 18, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings... Are you there? I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us when we feel like giving up. And I'm sure there are going to be times in your life when you feel like giving up. When you feel like giving up, keep on trusting. Keep on relying in the Lord to see you through whatever it is that you're facing. After all, He's the only one that's able to make us fly. Secondly, as we wait on the Lord, God also promises to help us run. Saying, they shall run. They shall run, verse 31, and not be weary. I imagine we've all felt weary at times, as we've said. I remember I felt weary physically and spiritually. I remember the first time I really felt weary physically was in 1985, early 1986, with the United States Marine Corps at a place called Paris Island, Devil's Island. No, it's not Devil's Island, but I can tell you I also remember running tank trails. I remember being exercised till I didn't think I had another breath in me. I remember all of these things. I remember the mental treatment that I endured during those seasons at Paris Island and beyond. Many of you have served in the military, law enforcement, firefighters and whatnot. You know a little bit about what I'm talking about and the strain and the stress physically. But I also know there have been times in my life where I've become weary spiritually. When it felt like no one was around to encourage me. There have been times in my life when I have felt deserted by man. And there have been times where I said to myself, even though I wasn't deserted, but I said to myself, man, even God has deserted me. Can I tell you that's a lie that the devil wants us to believe? God says that he will enable us to run 
and not be weary. You see, there are times in life when even though we may feel weary, we must keep on running. Law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, nurses, doctors, good teachers, they're all weary physically. But I can imagine serving as a nurse or serving as a doctor, you probably get spiritually weary as well because I've sat by the beds of people when they've taken their last breath. And if you're not careful, that can wear you out. It can just wear you out. There's moments when you don't know what to say to somebody. Can I tell you in those moments, it would be best just to be there and hug them and encourage them and say, listen, I can't, I don't understand what you're feeling right now, but I want you to know that God is acquainted with your grief. He is understanding and knows what you're going through. And he wants to be there to sustain you, to help you, not only to mount up with wings like an eagle, but he wants to help you to run and not be weary in this time. God promises us that if we wait on him, he will give us the strength inability to run. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if, if, if we faint not. The only way we can keep from becoming weary all the time is to live in the strength that only our God can give. In fact, the Bible says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, Ephesians 6.10. If you're going to be strong, you've got to be strong in Jesus. I was reading the other day and read something that was interesting for our medical professionals. Doctors actually tell us that during moments of crises or times of emergencies in our life that our bodies actually produce and release strength that we have never known or have never had before. Apparently our glands put out extra power to, to the extremities of the body. The glands produce this extra power in the bloodstream which enables us to do some pretty amazing things. And I was reading about these doctors who had made these statements and given evidence for their statements. I thought, if that's true physically, how much more true is it spiritually when God says, they that wait upon me shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Hebrews chapter 12, <laughs> we kind of referred to this uh, in Sunday school this morning, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. As we run, the key component of one's stamina, one's stability, one's longevity in the race, so to speak, is Jesus Christ because verse number 2 reminds us that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. When you feel like quitting the race, I want to say emphatically, don't do it, because you are the only one. Now think about this for a second. You are the only one who has been marvelously designed, fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelously designed to run your race, to run your race and your race and your race. And my race. You can't run my race. And I can't run your race. But with God, we can all run our race. Amen? Amen? The last thing I see here is that God promises to help us walk. Now, it's exciting when I say that we're going to mount up with wings as eagles. We're going to fly. We're going to run. But the last part is like, uh, is that all I get? I'm just going to walk? That's all I can do is walk and not faint. Honestly, walking can be more difficult than running or flying. 
Just ask. Because when life explodes and we feel like giving up, all we want to do is get beyond whatever is in our way. And so walking seems very slow. Like, no, I want to fly over this problem. I want to run past it. I want to get around it. This idea of walking, how long is it going to take for me to get beyond this situation? I want to move quickly. I want to fly above it. I want to soar around it. But this idea of walking brings me down. We want God to strengthen us in such a way that we can fly above or run quickly through whatever storm we seem to be facing. But walking is a step-by-step, day-after-day process. But I can tell you walking is a powerful thing. In fact, it's found all throughout Scripture. Uh, In fact, before Christ, Ephesians chapter 2 reminds us that you and I all had a problem with our walk. You see, before Jesus Christ came in, we all have a walking problem. Because Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2 says that we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. So we were walking in a way that was not pleasing to God. But what God's word has to say, and I did a slide so that we could move through it quickly, but after Christ comes in, God's word actually says that we are to walk, watch this, if we can throw up that slide, I don't know if we have it, yes, we're to walk in newness of life. Look at all these verses that we're to walk. We're to walk in newness of life. We're to walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We're to walk by faith, not by sight. We're to walk worthy of our calling in Christ Jesus. We're to walk in love as Christ has loved us. We're to walk as children of light. We're no longer walking in darkness. Last week, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. My children don't walk in darkness anymore because they have the light of life, remember? And so we walk in light, not darkness. Ephesians 5.15, we walk circumspectly or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. We walk in Him. We walk in wisdom toward them that are without. We walk honestly. Listen, I'll be one thing, I'll tell you, if you lie to me, got a problem. I got a problem if you lie to me. Anybody ever felt that way? You ever had somebody just tell you a bold-faced lie? And sit there, look you in the face, think they're telling you the truth. And by the way, when you call them out for telling a lie, they still think they told the truth. That's crazy. If you have Jesus Christ in you, you're to walk honestly. We're to walk as he walked. That verse John 2, 6, walk as he walked as Jesus. It's speaking of Jesus. Walk as Jesus walked. We're to walk in truth. I don't know about you, but that wore me out. That's a lot of walking. That's a lot of walking. But we can be sure that whenever we try to do it without Christ, we're going to fail. We're going to faint. We're going to falter. But with the Lord, we can fly, run, and walk. But look at verse 31. I want us to wrap this up because look at verse number 31. Because here's a key to not giving up. You say, well, the question was, do you feel like giving up? Well, wait, maybe you don't feel like giving up today, but maybe tomorrow it comes. And so, Pastor, can you give me a key so that I know how to move beyond this idea of feeling like giving up? Look back at verse 31. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall, that next word, renew their strength. As we've seen, waiting on the Lord is the secret to moving forward and not giving up. But how do we wait on the Lord? Well, we need to spend time with Him. Waiting on the Lord means you need to spend some time with Him in worship and in prayer. By the way, I would suggest that you worship Jesus every day, not just on Sunday corporately. He is to be the the focus of our worship each and every day. And so we need to spend time with Him in worship and in prayer. 
because we're prone to wander. We're prone to be impulsive. We're prone to outrun God. Anybody ever outrun God? God told me to do it, so I'm going to run as fast as I can. God may be saying, slow down. Maybe you've outrun God. What we really need to do many times is be still and know that He is God. Instead of taking things under our own wing. It was A.B. Simpson who once stated, <laughs> he stated, when God wants to bring more power into your life, He brings more pressure. That's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it, Mark? With your health. God wants to bring more power. He brings more pressure. Hey, that's a hard thing to think about, right? You just told me about Reverend Montgomery passing away. That's a hard thing to think about when we lose a loved one. Think about Frank was telling me Mark passed away. It's a, it's a hard thing to think about when we're dealing with all that we deal with. Physically, financially, spiritually, and emotionally, and on and on. And you feel like giving up. It's a hard thing to deal with. And God wants to bring more power. He brings more pressure. I think what David said in Psalm 27 is appropriate for this moment. In verse number 13, David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, the translation of verse number 13 is that David was waiting on God, which is why in verse number 14, David goes on and he says that. He says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I can tell you, and I hope that you'll appropriate this, it makes a huge difference in my life when I just slow down and I wait on the Lord when I spend time in prayer, when I get into God's Word, when I quiet the mechanism, so to speak. Because I can tell you, this is a dangerous place up here. You know, they used to say, the United Negro College Fund say, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. It's a dangerous place up here sometimes. We have to be careful what we allow in. Because guess what? It sooner or later makes its way right here and then sooner or later guess what it makes its way out of here and through our actions wait on the Lord oh by the way I didn't tell you the word renew and in, in, in verse number 31 but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength the word renew means exactly to exchange in other words exchange your power for God's because you have a power problem God doesn't I like that I have a power problem he doesn't listen oh today we may feel like giving up quitting or throwing in the towel but Isaiah 41 10 reminds us to fear not because God says I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness oh listen just keep trusting Jesus he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. So many lives are hanging in the balance. Who do you know that still needs Jesus? You say, why am I still here? Why hasn't God called me home? Why hasn't God, you know, my mansion should be ready by now. Why hasn't he called me home? Because he's got something for you to do. He's got a job for you and me to do. We're to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea 
and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the world. That's why we have missionaries coming in all the time. Ladies, that's why I want to encourage you to actually be here. Sign up before you leave for the barbecue because guess what? We're going to have one of our missionaries, uh, Rita Arendale, from the Virgin Islands. She's going to come and she's going to speak to you and I pray that that's going to be an encouragement but I also pray that it's going to be a challenge to you because I'm guessing she's seen a few things. We need one another. But above needing one another, we need Jesus. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse 5 and 6, a very familiar couple of verses of Scripture, but I think sometimes we hear these verses so much that we just turn them off. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all of thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. He's the only one that is able to make you mount up with wings as eagles. He's the only one to make you run and not be weary. He's the only one that's going to enable you to walk and not faint. But the key is waiting and exchanging. I wait on the Lord and I exchange my strength for his strength. And I pray that you'll do that right now. You say, well, I already know Jesus. Are you walking in your strength or are you relying on him? See, it makes a big difference. You could say you know Jesus all you want, but if you're not waiting on the Lord, if you're not walking and, and, and expecting and relying on Him to do what only He can do, then you're going to falter. You're going to become weary in this world. And so I encourage you to make the decision, make the recommitment. If you need to, recommit in your heart right now. God, I want to renew my strength. I want to exchange my strength for your strength. God, I'm actually going to begin waiting on you. I'm going to walk with you and talk with you each and every day. I'm going to get into your word, Lord. Help me. Give me the ability to, to read your word, to pray every day. God, to spend time in your presence every day. If that's your prayer, I pray that you'll do business with God during this time of invitation. But here's... Here's the good news, the bad news. The good news is that Jesus loves each and every one of you. He died on the cross to prove his love. If you've never entered into that relationship with God through his son, you've heard enough evidence of God's love. You've heard enough evidence of his goodness. Can I tell you that Jesus was born of a virgin? He lived a sinless life, never committed sin. In fact, he says that in his words, says that he's acquainted with our grief. Yet he never was compromised by sin. And he died a horrific death that he didn't deserve for you and for me, for those who would call upon the name of the Lord. For all who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you've never trusted Christ, can I tell you? And I want to say this as loving, as gently as I can. It would be, it would be ridiculous it would be a big mistake. Quite honestly, I believe it would be foolish to walk out of this room or to turn off that computer or TV if you're watching online without Jesus. Because the Bible also says that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James actually says that our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. Can I tell you, you'll never fly. You'll never run. You'll never walk the way that God has planned and has wanted you to walk without Him. 
And so if you don't know Jesus today, I beg you, trust him. By the way, he's the only one that does the saving. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if you need Jesus today, I pray that you'll do business with him. But more than that, if you're a believer and you've been in this church for a long time, maybe a little time, and you'd be honest with God. You, you, can, you can tell me all the stories you want, but you'd be honest with God and say, man, I'm not walking. I'm not running. And I certainly am not flying with the Lord. I'm struggling, Pastor. I feel like giving up. I feel like throwing in the towel. The recipe is simple. Watch. Wait. Wait on the Lord. Rely. Expect. Everything that you need to come from the Lord. And then be honest with God and say, God, I'm exchanging it. Here, take my strength. I need your strength. If that's your prayer, I believe from the bottom of my heart, based on the authority of God's word, it doesn't matter what I think anyway, but based on the authority of God's word, he says that if you'll wait on him, you will renew your strength. If you'll wait on him, if your reliance is on him, if your trust is in him, if your expectation is in him, your strength is going to be renewed. It's going to be exchanged. He's the one that's going to do it. He's going to exercise that surgery in your life so that you can walk, so that you can run, and so that you can fly. Battlefield, that's my desire, is that we would walk, that we would run, and that we would fly, and that people in Northern Virginia, when they look at Battlefield, they would see a body of believers that are so connected with Jesus and so connected with one another that nothing stands in the way. But can I tell you, you will not accomplish that, and I will not accomplish that. The only one who accomplishes that is Jesus. Father, I love you. God, I thank you for the reminder of my own heart this week. God, that when I feel like giving up, just don't do it. Don't do it. The reminder that your power is never failing, never fainting. God, that you have strength that we can't even imagine. God, you want to bestow it on us. You want to give it to us. The requirement is simple. So, Lord, I pray that your people, I pray that those who are here that don't know Christ, that they would make a decision right now to place their faith, their trust, and their confidence in the risen Savior of the world, that they would exercise a little bit of faith. And I pray that people who have said that they have a relationship, that say they have a relationship with you, that they too would exercise a little bit of faith. God, we love you. And we thank you and we praise you for what you're going to do during this very important time of invitation. And we pray this in the powerful and precious name of your son, Jesus. And for his sake, amen.